Hi. Hi. Um, how do I feel right now in this moment? I feel like eating two, four, sorry, four packets of ramen noodles yesterday. It wasn't a mistake, but it, it's, it's with me. It's definitely with me. I ran almost 11 kilometers yesterday, 10 and a bit. Um, like really slow and steady, you know, but I just kept going barefoot shoes. My calves are killing me. And I just went, you know, and just kept going like a beast in the city. It's uh, end of October. And these days have been like actually warm, you know, like t-shirt weather. It's pretty nice. It's not going to stay like this for a very long time. So I went running on Wednesday around about like four and a half kilometers. Thursday I did calisthenics, Friday I did calisthenics and then went to the church and watched Dustin O'Halley, I think that's his family name, play live with um, some line instrument players, he called it. Basically two violinists and one cello player. It's really, really, really nice. And yeah, I think I'll just go out and continue recording. I don't want to be home. So I've been, uh, yeah, the weather is great for end of October. And I've been really focusing on uh, like the goal with running for 10 kilometers or 11 hours. I didn't plan on it. I sort of did, you know, I downloaded the map and I saw the route and the route was like nine, 9k. I ended up doing a bit more. But, uh, like, this idea of being able to withstand something for a longer period of time to build up my resilience to longer runs is very important to me. So I thought, you know, let's just do it. Let's just uh, go out and do it. So I was, wa- I was watching Rocky. Watch Rocky 1, 2, and 3. One, 1 was nice, 2 was also nice. But 3 was useless as a movie. I don't know how anyone liked it. Like There was no personality or proper struggle or anything to empathize with in that entire movie. Uh, but lo and behold, you know, after watching it, I just got up. Uh, I, I got myself this uh, band around my, my chest to put my phone in and uh, keys in, pink, really, really bright pink, and it was really warm enough to do it shirtless, so I just took off my t-shirt, tied it to my shorts, uh, they had a thing for that, and then put on some music and went, but like before that, I was outside, I was listening to a song called The Last Stand by Coda, and just moving my body, moving my body, moving my body, really feeling when it's time to like go on this run because it's ended up taking me an hour and a half you know it wasn't like a five minute thing uh i went through the city you know i saw so many people and i'm just this dude shirtless and running and you see them every now and then you know and it's nice but like i was i was that person that day uh yesterday uh so thursday calisthenics friday calisthenics Saturday was the run, and then Sunday I did hot yoga this morning, and 
this is coming after like Iran ate the noodles. But I was thinking like if I had a coffee and started working, it would have been interesting instead of eating the noodles. But then uh, today I just went and did the hot yoga without anything in my system. And at some point, you know, an hour in, 55 minutes in, it's an hour and a half thing. We had to do some moves and my body just like, no, no energy, zero energy to, to do anything, you know? Uh, so I just laid there and kept sweating. On Saturday, I went and saw Closey at a concert. She's so, so, so nice. I'm so happy that I saw her. Uh, I was so happy that I saw her. I took a picture with her, like my smile. I only smiled like this once before in my life. And the smile was like, my face is going to explode from smiling. Because like, I've been listening to her music for more than six years. And I always thought it was brilliant and it spoke something like really, really deep in my heart, like with the harmony and the Zen and the everything and how she was, was also just great. And specifically on that day, you know, like I, how the energies move and I was there standing next to the stage at some point and I just looked to my right and there she is and like it took me half a second to be like, oh, this is her. Hi, put my hand up, shook my hand, shook hands, shook hands with her, uh, said hi, you know, I was so happy to see her, told her, you know, how much of a big fan I am, and then I told her, like, hey, you messaged me back on SoundCloud once, and I loved you ever since, she's like, oh, good, because I haven't used it in a year, so it's good that I answered, uh, so she's like this, you know, like, very positive, uh, when I wanted to take the picture with her towards the end, I was like, hey, do you mind if it's uh, with Flash? She's like, oh, if it has to be with Flash, then it has to be with Flash. Our worst picture ever. <laughs> she played so nice. She played so, so nice. It's crazy. And uh, I asked her, I want to ask you one question. Can I ask you one question? She's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, do you take drugs? when you make music. She's like, drugs when I make music? Like, I don't I do not do drugs when I work. Uh, she's like, what do you mean exactly? I'm like, like if you take something when you when you make your music and compose it, she's like, no, no. I would take it, I would take drugs if I go out, if I go out with friends, but like, uh, if I'm working, uh, no. Uh, and like, I loved how it's like, when she said work, there was a, such a weight behind the word because like to her to me her music is a source of breath and life and to her of course it's a lot of things but like she called it work it's work she was doing she's sitting down and working the creative process is work uh so that was amazing seeing her uh going home and everything the week was nice just something something that i've been feeling internally uh, lately, you know, because of how how much thought ends up going into. Sorry if you can't hear anything because of the cars. Like it's not it's not something I decided. I'm just out walking. Um, yeah, it very often feels like. Very often feels like I have 
an internal struggle happening constantly with a will that wants things to be a certain way and the intellect that understands that nothing needs to be anything that things can be calm and And yeah, I don't know, just like my dad, my uncle, Amuziad, like they're, I see people who, they don't apologize for their mistakes, they don't take, they don't consider a lot of what they do a mistake, you know, and they still have people in their lives, sure, they might, they might not be living the best lives, you know, they're suffering a lot as people, it's not like they're, they're the most wholesome people in the world, but like it's it's a quality that the part of me seems to envy. You know, it's like these people are so sure of themselves, even if their life is, is, is even if they're unhappy. You know, they're so sure of themselves. Like, how does that? How do you get this sureness in you? Uh, and it's like in me, I'm considering everything I do a mistake, and then like focusing so much on the mistakes in myself and thinking like there's so much that needs to be redeemed and fixed in me uh, that I need approval from myself or from others and, and like all this dance and mumbo jumbo it's like um, a part of me the other day you know when I was I was going to I think when I was on my way to the concert uh, I just sat I was standing and I just told myself like Khalid you're having a goal like to not have an ego you know oh you reach nirvana when you don't have an ego it's a lot of uh it's, it's nonsense you know to have that as a goal it's like already a mistake to have that as a goal uh, it's already a mistake to desire having a certain state to reach it to reach anything it means you're not there right um I just uh, looked at it and I was like, why do I have to fight in in my ego this much, against my ego this much? It's like nonsense to be so against it. Why not just enjoy that you have an individuality, that you have something in you that can differentiate things? Why not try and be and fulfill and embody your ego completely? Isn't that something, you know? So just be yourself, because you can't just look at everyone else and be, be judging people for being themselves, whatever extent that is, because things change and people change and you're still in your head trying to think about how things should be. It's like a big thing. On a more positive note, I know this will pass. I don't know if it's just the city that I'm in. I don't know if it's like uh, feeling a social lack. Uh, because of how people are in this city specifically. Uh, how I want to leave it, you know, I want to go. I want to just go somewhere else. So I'm going to go to Romania in two weeks with your honest. See how Romania is. One part of me is worried. Uh, Getting into the job. I'll say it, I, I'm, I'm a bit worried about... The idea of uh, always, always making negativity a subject, thinking that that will make it go away. But there's also not considering it and not looking at it. Does that 
health too. I don't know. I had my first therapy session on Wednesday for an hour. The topic of discussion was uh, decision making and thinking so much about decision. I don't know if it's something I should uh, consider wrong in myself or good. You know, it's like I'm. Uh, I think that's the part of me that writes and wants to be writing, and then the part of me that is too busy in the real world to be busy in the world making and writing. So like I'm putting that energy into. Uh, into these things. Well, any, anything, anyways, everything fixes itself in the end. Everything normalizes. Uh, I was speaking to Hala, my sister, a lot these days. Spoke to her twice because there's a big time difference. Uh, I called her at like 10 p.m. my time, it's like 4 p.m. her time. Like what is what are these cars supposed to do? You know? So yeah, talking to her is really lovely. Sharing. Sharing stuff. And Dustin playing in, in the church was incredible. You know, I went in there after after the calisthenics workout and I went to the bathroom. So I drank my protein shake, protein. I drank it. They took my bottle at the front, but I still had this uh, shaker in my bag that had the protein. It's like fine, you know. Drank the shake, went back to the church. It was already packed. Like there was so many people at the bar getting drinks. They had a bar at the corner of the church somehow. I don't know how this uh, worked out. And then I was thinking like, oh, where should I sit? You know, all of them are simple wooden benches that you'd see in a church. And I decided to check where I would sit from the front, you know, and be like, huh, there's a lot of there's a lot of space between people. And then right right there in front of me, at the front, front, front seat, front row, a woman just had her jackets to her to her left on the seat between another older gentleman. I was like, Hey, do you mind if I sit here? She's like, no, of course, she took her jackets, put them on the floor between her legs. And I was like, thank you for saving me the seat. I sat down and uh, my eye level was at the exact level of where the pianist's hands were when he was playing uh, with Dustin's hands. It's straight, straight level, one-to-one, perpendicular 90. Uh, <laughs> And it was wonderful, and the pianists were wonderful, and the cello was wonderful. It was like I was in a complete meditation, sitting there. All these like wonderful ideas coming to me about uh, all these wonderful ideas coming to me about how to write this thing or this topic or these ideas. It was all just coming very clearly because I was in front of such beautiful creation. I don't have to do anything to make that happen, you know. So, something about that was just wonderful. I was so grateful for asking this woman if I could sit there. I just enjoyed the thing so much and went home and it was wonderful. And then the next day, of course, you know, the 10K run.
uh, on the way to to the calisthenics workout on Thursday, was it Friday? It was Friday. I had my vaporizer with me, and I had hash in it. And I took a, I took a very, very small hit, like it didn't make me crazy high. It just gave me a small hash buzz. And then I just started writing on my phone. I had a book with me, the Actualization. I had the book with me, reading a bit. But then I was just like, I had some thoughts about Annika, some thoughts about Vernon, and then all these other thoughts that I had that came up before, and I told myself I would write them down at some point, started coming up, and I was just writing them down, writing them down, writing them down, writing them down, writing them down. Writing them down, writing them down, writing them down, I wrote so much down. And then I continued on it between the bricks when Dustin and, and the crew weren't playing. But just this one image, when he was playing the piano and then the music was get going up into a higher beat and how they were playing the violins started moving up and up and up, you know, how they were moving their hands was like moving up and up and up. And it was just, just like the way they move with the music that they're making, it's just crazy. It was just crazy and it was so worth it. I paid 35 euros for this ticket that I found out about by accident. Like I followed him on Spotify a long time ago by accident and got the alert that he's playing here and I was like, okay, let's go. I'm so glad I went. And now like a part of me going, having seen Closey and now seeing him, like I want to go see every concert player, I, uh, every musician I like, I want to see them in person. Noki Chance is playing on the 16th of November here, Berlin. And uh, I booked the ticket too. Uh, yeah. I don't know, I feel like yesterday I went out to a bar where they had billiards and foosball. I just went and played a bit with some strangers, 2v2. And it was so refreshing to, for me because, like, I'm so often so much in my head questioning how I should act around people and the only people I have to act around are the people in my apartment and then the people in my my workspace. My workspace I seem to manage to not create chaos around and there is a lot of order there because you know the responsibility. But like at home it's just like I tend to lean more towards being chaotic. Uh, Especially with the relationships with people I live with. Um, I don't know what I think I expect of them. Because like, I'm generally just super nice. And then just like very critical on things that really hit some people in some, some places. I don't know how much I need to make myself suffer for that, you know? Uh... I don't know if, if the person has passed me outside, outside of misery. But all in all, I'm really happy to approach this health journey in this way. Uh, I didn't mention how um, I listened to a podcast by accident on Friday on the way to the concert. And I was thinking, a part of me, like deep down inside, it wants to it wants to be vegan. Like a part of me, deep down, thinks that I should be vegan and Khalid you should just be vegan <laughs> don't, don't eat anything from animals and just run run on that high 
I saw a podcast from a vegan athlete who seems to, to be working out like crazy. I was like, okay, let's see what what he has to say. And then, you know, because content is what makes what makes you. Whatever you consume is what you are. And I... Uh, Uh, just started listening, and now the guest on the show, very, very down to earth guy, is saying how motion is lotion, uh, movement is medicine, and he's saying like if he worked out six times a week and he took just one day off on Sunday, watching series and not doing anything, uh, on Monday he's gonna feel like crap. You know, it's that one day of no movement that really, really destroys him instead of lifting him back up. So it's really important to keep a little bit of, uh, keep a good degree of uh, movement in your day, whether it's just a light walk or a bit of yoga. Maybe one last thing I'll mention, uh, I want to organize my photos on my phone so that like, I have the photos of my family in a place like on the drive that you can all share. And that the passing it to me more and more seems like a practice. Of course it's a practice, but it's like it's a practice that then invades other places of your life. Um, uh, because like even at Dustin's concert, I was sitting down meditating on this meditation. My eyes were open and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the players, I'm listening to the music, but like I'm feeling what this what this what these tones are doing to me, how what they're saying, my body, my my heart just like really, really observing that, but so, so beautifully, you know. Uh, yeah, so one thing I did not mention, I wanted to mention was, I think it was Tuesday or Monday, I was uh, sitting down thinking like, oh, I should meditate now, I should just, you know, do 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, who knows how much I think I need to meditate, as if that's a solution, you know, but then I started walking, I started moving, started pacing, and then um, started walking, moving, pacing, walking, moving, pacing on the yoga mat, forward and back, the mirror in front of me, forward and back, feeling my foot touch the floor, come up again, breathing, seeing how my thoughts are moving, seeing how my thoughts are moving, seeing how my thoughts are moving, 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 and I'm moving, 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 breath, 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 questions that come up in my head so naturally, I wasn't like forcing a question, but just letting questions come up, Uh, what is that, where is that coming from, is this rage, does it mean anything to you? move to the side so like the relationship of all these thoughts was like very clear and where I can sort them out a bit more wisely it was just so much clearer I ended up moving for I didn't I didn't count but it was like 20-30 minutes my raising my leg up putting it into tree pose uh, like having my, my right foot on my inner upper left thigh, standing there balancing, feeling where my hands are, feeling like the energy of me 
very natural. So being in body more than mind seems like be so 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 important. But figuring out a good way to manage being in your body more than your mind seems to also be a very important thing. You know, I'm trying to figure out because uh, yeah, who knows? I don't know. Like being yesterday there at the bar, billiards, talking to strangers. Uh, it felt like oh, how all these all these. And there are heavy thoughts that you keep carrying about yourself that like as if there's something wrong with you, a mistake that needs to be fixed. It was just not there. It was just like, oh, I'm being with these people. But I guess like for me, just like where and how am I going to get more people that I genuinely feel like I can connect with, you know? because um, this place, it's like I'm. It's not like I'm not enjoying the interactions I'm having with people when I do have them. But it's just like none of it is like lasting or meaningful. Or and who knows what? It, like, but it's like in my nature also very much to seek an answer to a question of to some of the most simplest things of relationship. Like, why should people like each other? Why shouldn't they? I was listening, I was reading Schopenhauer's essays. He, I have one of, one of his books that has a lot of essays. And I really think he's a lucid thinker, crazy lucid thinker, talking about will and intellect and life and generation as, as a central core of, of what the universe seems to be and uh, how it means, to, what it means to separate or to not have will to... A lot of a lot of beautiful ideas, very well put, very good questions, very good questions to bring about this this other idea or other opposing idea that maybe contradicts his proposal of what he's talking about. Very lucid thoughts, like it's it's it seems to me very similar to how I try to deconstruct things from different points of view to something like crazy real. So like I relate to it. And in this book, there are six, seven essays of his. One essay was called uh, On Women. And I was like, okay, let's uh, read this one. And I started reading. And I started saying what a woman's role in society or otherwise uh, should be like. And how the woman should be uh, basically should be subjected to the man. Uh, be more flexible, how, how a woman doesn't have capacity for higher higher uh, forms of, of spirit or thought or planning or whatever aspirations. I was like, oh, you know, how disappointing. I, I was enjoying his thoughts so much, so, so, so much. And then comes this essay where you think you have to put females in a specific place. And it's like, why? You know, you don't have to. If I wrote an essay on women, it wouldn't be that kind of essay that puts them like really, really in a place. It would be one that accepts and acknowledges my feelings towards them and how I see that they are. That's like all I can say, you know. This is beautiful. I entered the place like this before. I don't know why. Ask them for a job. Hotel Hamburg. This is Hotel Berlin to I-31. Nice entrance. Nice wall to the left. 
This is cool. Yeah, I like this entrance. I'm not so much over here. So yeah, I was a bit disappointed. Like, dude, why? Why are you now saying all this, all this stuff? You know, it's not right. But it's like Aristotle, I think, had a similar view, and it's just, uh, it's, it's a curious thing. Why you think that within your philosophical journey of things that you have to put a woman in such a degrading location? You know, it's not, it's not right. Uh, with all the wisdom and all the everything, like, why did it end up naturally being? Is it, is it our, is it our desire to control? that just ended up putting a woman in a place where we're going to control her and that it's a preferable outcome for both of us? Is this desire for control now being manifested in the feminine and the feminine or the females are now being the victims of it and trying to or trying to gain more control and in turn fall prey to the thing that put them under control to begin with? instead of uh, nullifying and purifying the entire thing. I don't know. Uh, I was listening to Ram Das, and I think this was Thursday going to calisthenics, and he mentioned how he was friends uh, with Alan Watts and how he was uh, with him uh, in a tea ceremony that Alan Watts was doing for him. And it was a question from the audience asking about alcohol and Alan Watts because Alan Watts died pretty early, like 55, because of alcohol, not poisoning, but I don't know what happened to him exactly. But he mentioned how in the tea ceremony, Alan was uh, jittering, shaking. And Ram Das was like, uh, Alan, this is supposed to be a calming ritual. You're stressing me out. And the sentence he threw was how Alan knew what it was, but he wasn't it. Alan knew what it was, but he wasn't it. Uh, Alan was a reporter of Buddha, but he was never and would never be Buddha himself. And he knew it, and through alcohol, he tried to bridge that spiritual separation because even if the separation was really, really small, a separation is a separation, and the cost of it is the cost of it. So, uh, so that for me was like, I'm reading a lot of Alan Watts' books right now, like The Wisdom of Insecurity. Very, very lovely written book. Like, I would love to be able to write something like that. Um, and reading it helps me see that maybe I don't need to write something like that because it already exists. But, uh, what a thing, right? What a what a reality. Like, however much I think I'm approaching, whatever I think I think I need to reach, uh, so long as I feel separation in myself, then separation is separation. No, no matter what form it takes, and I do not need to be Buddha. I do not need to be what it is. I am already what it is, just like Alan was already what it was, just like Terence McKenna and whoever else, and they're all doing their thing. Everything's doing its thing. One more thing on this 
journey. Uh, I sat down in front of my books and I pulled out Ain't I a Woman by what was her name? Something Truth. Salivore Truth. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Something Truth. She changed her name after 40 years of slavery, lived in the 1800s. And she never, she didn't know how to read or write. Because, you know, she was just a slave. She had five children. Uh, each of them were taken away from her. Uh, each of them were taken away from her as soon as they were born. She never got to mourn their, their, her loss of her children. She never got to raise them. She never got to meet them. And then she was released as a slave. And I don't know how she became famous or how she ended up giving all of these speeches that she gave. But uh, in one of the essays, they say how the president of whatever organization, after giving a speech, she went up to him and she was like, can I say a few words? And she, he's like, Tfaddali, come. She, uh, she stood up, started talking. And she just, you know, smashed the entire thing. And it was just like, it was a lot of, you know, she's very Christian. People back then were heavily Christian. And she's talking about how comparing men to women and how, like, she can labor or do more than, or as much at least as any man. Um, and, like, how Mary is also a woman. And, like, look at how you're subjugating and look at what you've done to the image of Jesus. How she forgives the person who was her slave master the entire time because this guy is probably suffering and will suffer and and whatnot more and more into the future. And like how through her speech and her words, you quickly get the feeling like this is a person that, like imagine being a slave for 40 years, man. I can't even handle living in Berlin for a year. And I have everything I need uh, on paper, at least. And this is a person who was a slave for 40 years and still looking at the person who enslaved them. And through the words, like there was such a powerful thing with how she said it, that you could really see that she forgave him. Like really genuinely with that, that love that transcends any logical reasoning or any attempt at proving it, or any attempt at showing it, or any attempt at, at reaching it. It's pure forgiveness. Um, and something about that was just gorgeous. Uh, and how random, you know, that I had it and have it, and that I read it. Uh, ain't I a woman? Sojourn Truth. Sojourn is her name. That's me. Yeah, that's something. Um... I um I want to see where I could live other than this place. I'm not so sure, but I'll explore different areas. Um, yeah. I'm wondering about the time we live in, how 
people are so conflict averse or they don't, just don't know how to manage their conflicts really well. So I feel like that's something I need to improve on a lot. Seems like people are going with a lot uh, more softness or aversion to that. Um, yeah, let's see. Let's see.